Hello, welcome to Anime's Anime. I'm Crimson, and today we have something really special for you guys. We're going to be talking about some Asian foods in the diaspora that we love and see if some of our fave anime characters are also eating those things. So stay tuned. It's Crimson. And today, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, and it's something that I love to talk about because I love food. So we're going to be talking about everything um, food within the Asian diaspora. It's going to be so exciting. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Not going to lie, I made chickpea curry for dinner. So Oh, okay. Yeah, that Nancy. shit is busted. Mm, something like that. But <laughs> I cooked it. I mean, I bought some um curry sauce in a bottle and just poured it over some chickpeas and called it a fucking day <laughs> oh damn straight out the bottle yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> that, no that's, that's a lazy day no i feel that I always, like gotta, that I always gotta tinge it up just a little bit before i put it on anything oh i wanted to but i forgot to buy like all the fancy stuff like cilantro and shit and i forgot to buy naan bread i was fucking sick no some garlic naan be fucking hitting oh my god joe's has actually a good freezer garlic naan like i mean like do they know yeah Mm. i'm gonna have to buy it shit I love naan bread. Shout out to them Indian people because those Indian people that food be that's banging banging yes my stomach be doing a happy dance okay so i'll go first um i'll start with uh chicken katsudan which Mm. me personally i really like i think it was one of the first things i would get from this grab and go spot by my house when i lived downtown and so it was really it hit a lot better than I thought it would. And it became something I ate literally almost every day for a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds so good. All right. So the origin of the katsudan bowl. Oh, actually, and this is from the yabai.com. So the famous katsudan goes way back into the period of the Meiji Restoration when Japan started opening its doors to Western influence. Prior to this, the original dish composed of a rice bowl and cutlets made from beef, as beef was the common meat of choice during the older days of Japan. This can be related to traditional values that were relevant to Buddhism or Shinto practices. Everywhere else in the world, Pork was already a star ingredient among dishes due to the fact that it is tasty while being more economical alternative to beef. Out of his desire to catch up with Western practices, 
Emperor Meiji started encouraging the whole nation to mimic Western lifestyle. This was when the usage of pork for cooking started becoming an acceptable practice all over Japan. Another aspect of katsudon, which the Japanese have borrowed from Western society, is deep frying it. It is uncommon for a Japanese dish to be fried, with the exception of the katsu and its relative dishes. Wanting to infuse more Western elements into the day-to-day lives of the Japanese, Emperor Meiji encouraged deep frying to be incorporated with, into the Japanese dishes. His desire to infuse Japanese culture with food that takes inspiration from the West was the cause for the birth of the yoshoku, which are Western dishes that have been transformed and given a Japanese touch. First form of katsudon goes way back to 1899, with Tokyo being its place of origin. That year, a restaurant named Rengatai, that was known for serving yoshoku dishes, introduced the katsuretsu. In comparison, it is extremely similar to how the pork cutlet is prepared and cooked at present. There are not many differences aside from the transformation of its name throughout Japan. The original term katsuretsu that was used to to coin the dish takes its roots from katsu in order to differentiate the dish as a pork cutlet. The retsu was often omitted with the dish finally being called as katsu alone. This name experienced a transformation due to the 1930s when ton added to the term katsu to emphasize that it was made from pork. Later on, katsu don was coined to identify the dish in rice topping form. That's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I've never had it pork cutlet version. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I usually just get chicken. I'm not huge on pork. I like pork, actually. I just... There's a certain way I like my pork, and mm-hmm. that's real. Fried, if it's not bacon, I don't. Fried usually isn't really one of them. And so the chicken katsudon recipe. And so I got this recipe from Tiffy Cooks, and I also didn't know that there was rice in. I mean, eggs in there. Like, I don't know. I just be, girl, I just be eating. <laughs> Is it eggs like um? For the frying, like, do they dredge it yeah. and then put it in the panko so it sticks? Yeah, so maybe I think it's fried. Um, I'm yeah. about to pull it up right now. All right, so you usually get two chicken breasts, boneless and skinless, salt and pepper, uh, an egg or half cup of flour, one fourth cup of cold water, one and a half cup of panko. The sauce is uh, half an onion sliced, two eggs, one cup of daishi stock, three tablespoons of soy sauce, two tablespoons of mirin or sugar, cooked rice, and green onion to garnish. Using the back of the knife, you'll flatten and tenderize the chicken breast to make sure the meat doesn't break apart, and you'll put salt and pepper on both sides. You'll mix egg, flour, and cold water in a bowl until it becomes a thick batter. You'll coat the chicken in that batter first and then in panko. Tightly pack the panko to prevent it from falling off when frying. In a pan, add an oil, add oil, and once the oil is hot, around 350, add in the chicken. Fry for three to four minutes on both sides or until crispy and golden brown. Cut the chicken in strips and set aside. Add the daishi stock, 
soy sauce marinade and thinly sliced onion in a separate small pan turn the heat to medium and once it's simmering let it cook for three to four minutes until the onion turns translucent mix the eggs together and add the chicken to the pan evenly distribute the egg mixture all over the pan and over the chicken and the onions use a light a chopstick to lightly stir so the eggs can set let the eggs cook for one minute or until 95 percent cook and serve on top of a bowl of rice and garnish with green onion some people eating katsudon in anime we can see deku eating katsudon in my hero academia and as much as time we have spent with deku we don't really know much about him and from a personal standpoint but we do know that it's canon that it's his favorite food and was made with a bed of rice and with pork cutlet. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And another example I seen was Yuri on Ice. So this is a popular show about boys who into ice skating and have gained a huge following outside of Japan. The, the show has features its own take on Katsudan in the form of Katsudan Purozoki. And thanks to diehard fans on the internet, we have some dishes <laughs> <laughs> circulating all over. And I think what makes this one different is that it's covered inside a flaky sour cream bread. Oh, that's not busting. So the first yeah. step in order to make this is to make a basic dough using milk, activate the yeast, salt, eggs, and butter. Once the dough has risen, it is combined with a mixture flour, salt, baking powder, eggs, and sour cream. It seems tedious, but the ends, the end result are satisfying, so they say. I would sounds good. I would that try that. really good. Mm-hmm. Sounds mad good. You know what? I think I want to talk about one of my favorite dishes, if you don't mind. Go up. Okay, so I want to discuss about Oh, this is my favorite. So it's um, gyoza, which derives from or is inspired by the Japanese um, dish jiaozi, which are dumplings. And they're similar, but they're different. I feel like the only difference is just the size um, of them, which they're pretty small um, compared to Chinese dumplings, which are pretty big. You can cook them in many ways, right? So you can um, deep, like fry them, grill them, um, steam them, whichever you prefer. And what's in them is like different meat. So you can put like lamb, chicken, pork, or just have a straight up vegetarian gyoza. I prefer um, chicken, obviously, but let's see. And then you can use a dipping sauce, like soy sauce, but I like prefer to use like some sort of sesame oil and chili oil because I like spicy sauces mm-hmm. um, and then let's see so how you would make them is you would take whichever meat or vegetables um put them in like the little red thing and like it's like a cute little looks like a little purse like a little <laughs> that's how I describe them it looks like a little purse right and so you mm-hmm. put them in like some cooking oil and you fry them until like the sides or even like the bottom is like a golden brown and then you like call it a day but um I feel like I've seen this in Doro Hidoro when um Nikaido no that's Nikaido is the blonde girl she has like this little restaurant and she makes like 
gyoza for um what's the nigga with the alligator head name I <laughs> no, what's this bad? Because that's gonna blow the fuck out of me. <laughs> Let's find out. Oh my god, I was thinking like, what is that alligator nigga's name? What? That's so Kaiman. Yes, Kaiman. Yeah, he be fucking them up every time he go in that restaurant. He be fucking them dumplings up, and I'm like, same. Cause them shits are so good. So y'all need to try them. <laughs> oh, I have, and they're they are good. Um, yeah, they're really good. And if you don't feel like making them, Trader Joe's has them in a in their freezer section. Shout out to Trader Joe's. They have chicken <laughs> and pork. <laughs> okay, so one dish that I wanted to talk about was onigiri, which are um rice balls um the first time I had them uh my friend uh had like a party at her house and she did just the traditional ones where she did one with just the plum and then she had another that had tuna in it Mm. and most recently there's this guy in my city who does like pop-up food truck around the city and he has a bunch of different ones and my favorite ones are the karagi onigiri which is fried chicken thigh and it's really good he also had a tuna one with mayo in it as well and that one was really good yeah i could fuck some um shit with tuna in it <laughs> chicken thigh, i'm tearing that shit up yeah the the chicken one is so fucking good um a little history about the onigiri it has uh during the heian period the year 794 and 1185 balls of rice called tonjiki were eating on picnics and while traveling onigiri were used as troop provisions in the 16th century and have been carried on journeys and picnics to this day traditionally stuffed with umeboshi whose antibacterial properties helped the rice stay fresh. Originally, onigiri were often wrapped in dry bamboo sheaths for handling while on the move. The custom of covering them in dried nori started around the mid-1800s. Yeah, so you can kind of stuff them with whatever you want traditionally. It's usually like plum or tuna or salmon. And the like I mentioned before, the karagi, the fried chicken thigh. And they're really easy to make. You just need to get uh, some rice, the filling of your choice, whatever you'd like, and then strips of seaweed. Then you'll boil your rice to, you know, completion. And then, like, you'll lay that out on the seaweed if you want it to be, like, mostly covered. Because that's how I eat mine is I'll get a big piece of uh, nori and then kind of fold it up over it because then it's salty and I guess umami um, and with the rice and then or you could just lay the rice out and then shape it well put your filling in it then shape it and then just put a little tiny strip around it and onigiri is seen in so many anime Um, I actually have this anime cookbook called cooking anime by diana alt and the one that they have featured for it is fruits basket 
They also mentioned Spirit Away, Higarashi, Demon Slayer. It's for me, <laughs> Onigiri rice balls are most popular for um, Pokemon because of the localization where they decided to call it a jelly donut, which I still to this day don't know why <laughs> they would do that. <laughs> like, Yo, like, yeah, I really think of Americans just like can't possibly fathom a ball of rice. Y'all gotta call this shit a jelly donut. And <laughs> it don't look shit like a jelly donut. <laughs> like who y'all fooling? Like be for real. And then I remember thinking, like, what they mean? Like, is it powdered? Like it, it was just powdered. right. <laughs> is it covered in powdered sugar? Because I ain't never seen a jelly donut that looked like that. Hello. You know, but onigiris are nice little snacks. I have a question. Do you like your onigiri circle or triangle? Mm-hmm. I like a triangle. Same. Yeah. And the reason that I like it triangle is because I think I think it's easier to eat as a triangle. And it's kind of more evened out with the filling that's inside. Cause I feel like when it's a, when it's more circular, it kind of takes you forever to get to the filling that's inside of it. I agree. The same reason I like a triangle. That's real. Also, you can hold it better, a uh, triangle, and not feel like everything is going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so next on my list is dakbalki. And dakbalki is a spicy stir-fried dish that usually consists of cylinder-shaped rice cakes, sweet red chili sauce, and fish cakes. It is considered to be one of the top street food items in Korea and can be usually bought from street vendors known as pojang maka. The dish originated during the Joseon dynasty period when it was used as a cure and it was also one of the royal court's dishes. Originally, dabaki was called dekjim, a braised dish of sliced rice cakes, meat, eggs, and seasonings. Although it was brown in color back then, Today, it is red because the, ch- the colors changed when gochong, a spicy chili paste, was introduced in the mid-1900s. What was once a dish for the royals is nowadays one of the cheapest street food dishes in Korea. And recently, there have been efforts to turn it into a food franchise through the continuous demand for dabokki among Korean people. Mm, now... I like the pokey and it's cool to eat it, you know, just the rice cakes and sauce. But I'm not gonna lie, like there's a spot in Koreatown that I go to that makes seafood cheese the bulky, and that's mm. my favorite way to eat it. That sounds um, really good. Does sound it is good. so good. And I it's it's to the point where that's the something I'm always gonna get when I go out to K Town. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I just can't stand it. <laughs> and that's not to, that's not, oh, and then it's crazy because the writer of this blog for the fucking recipe, uh, koreanbopsing.com, I recently enjoyed seafood cheese tteokbokki at a Korean restaurant in K-Town, New York. It was <laughs> <laughs> Like, are we all going to the same places to eat? Anyway, um, they say that, yeah, like the cheese isn't, Canon. I mean, has, isn't canon? The cheese isn't, isn't canon. <laughs> it's not canon. Uh oh. Not canon. No, the cheese isn't the traditional way to do it. I think it was saying that you know pizza and things like that have been really 
popular and again like that that tradition of like you know bringing over western style foods into their their traditional foods so they're adding cheese which i think is good i might be really americanized but i like fucking cheese so cheese is good <laughs> so this recipe has the pokey the rice cakes a small piece piece of dashima dry which is dried kelp six small shrimp a half a pound of squid Ooh. three ounces of ca- green cabbage scallion and mozzarella cheese Ooh. then for the sauce you'll need the gochang which is the red chili pepper paste uh two one tablespoon of gochugaru which is red chili f- uh pepper flakes one and a half tablespoons of soy sauce one tablespoon of sugar one tablespoon of corn syrup or oligo syrup and two teaspoons of minced garlic so you're going to soak the rice cakes for about 20 minutes clean the shrimp um and squid cut the cut them into small pieces put the cut the cabbage and scallions in about two inch long pieces add two cups of water dashima and shrimp cells if available to a pan, bring it to a boil and continue to boil for five minutes. Remove the dashima and shrimp shells. Preheat the oven to the oven broiler if you want to melt the cheese. Stir in the sauce ingredients and bring it to a boil over medium heat, stirring the stirring to the dissolve the sauce. Add the rice cakes in. Add the cabbage. You know, adjust, you know, adjust things as you like, like add more cheese and seasoning if needed. Mixing your seafood towards the end and with your scallions. And there you go. Mm. That sounds so tasty. It is. And Mm. you guys, when you guys finally get over here, we're going to eat it. And unfortunately, I did not find any anime that had the bulky in it. But there were a lot of manhwa references so and that makes sense because manhwas are comics in Korea. So of course they're gonna eat their uh, traditional foods in there. Yeah. But um and that's cool. That's very cool. Um let me see. I have uh hold on. Well, I can talk about um another dish that I um pick that I really do like which is I guess like a a household name that has some of us in a chokehold if not some all of us which is ramen Um, Mm. (laughs) uh, (laughs) so many ways to eat ramen oh so many ways to eat ramen and I just feel like it's such a such an icon in um Japanese um food uh, with its history being as like as long like a staple in addition to like it being so good here in the U.S. and then you see it every anime that eats it and you can do it and, and you can personalize it your way too and I think that's what makes ramen so special is like you don't have to follow like you know the traditional style of making it if you only if you wanted to um but yeah, you can do like soft boiled eggs, which that looks good. I never had a soft boiled egg in my ramen before, but I wouldn't mind trying it um at all. But if anybody didn't know what ramen is, it's a popular noodle soup in Japan. 
And while its exact origin is uncertain, it's thought to have originated in China, which I don't know how true that is. Um, it has been introduced in Japan between the 17th and 20th century. Um, fresh noodles are the best, um, which I can agree to. I went to a restaurant one time and had authentic ramen and the noodles were oh, so good. Um, but you can also use instant noodles if you're a bitch on the go because who got time to be making fresh noodles? I know I don't. You can get it anywhere, any um, mom and pop restaurant. Um, you can add different meats like pork belly, chicken, pork. You can have a vegetarian style. Oh, you can do nori, which is seaweed, soy sauce. And all that good stuff um oh popular shows naruto because one thing naruto gonna do he's gonna fuck some ramen, <laughs> some ramen up. For, free. <laughs> for free okay like and you know i guess if any other um anime show that you watch if they bring up ramen they're gonna hit that up and fuck some shit up because i know i would like ramen is just that girl I feel like she's the Beyonce of Japanese food. I love ramen. I think that my favorite would be when they add bamboo shoots in it too. Like I didn't mm-hmm. even think I would like that, but it's really good. I have never had it with bamboo shoots. That sounds so good. Yeah, it, it is really good. Um, I don't really care about the uh, which meat though. Yeah, me neither. But you know what? I want to try it with pork belly because I never had pork belly before. Pork belly would be good. I like doing um like some form of katsu chicken or any crispy chicken. Mm-hmm. I also started uh because a lot of like mukbangers and, and you know Instagram foodie influencers, I see them add cheese to their ramen. So I've been doing that, and that's been really good. Oh, can I put you on something? So, all right. So I saw this recipe where they put cheese on ramen. So it's like, you know, you do your, boil your ramen, then you put your ramen in like a little pan and then you add your cheese. Well, you butter the pan first, I believe. Then you put your ramen cheese and then put like some hot sauce. I think it was, oh my God, what's that hot sauce name? I'd be forgetting. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So you asked for Oh my God. You talk about busted. Like I would be fucking a whole bowl of that shit up. Like just spicy cheese ramen. It's just so good. So what I do is I make my ramen and then I in a separate bowl, I put honey, um, powdered ginger, soy sauce, sriracha, and garlic, fresh garlic. Mm. and then I, I heat that up so then it's kind of like a saucy broth and then I stir mm. the ramen into that and then put cheese on top and melt it and that's so good how dare you that sounds so good yeah <laughs> anytime I add cheese to ramen I always put a little bit of milk though because the cheese be burning in the pot and nobody got time to be scrubbing <laughs> Man, what? yes yes who has time to be scrubbing pots I don't. <laughs> oh my goodness. But that's for real though. Yeah, next one. Yeah, wrong. Um, so the next uh dish that I would like to talk about is okonomiyaki. 
which is a savory cabbage pancake. I've also heard people refer to it as Japanese pizza, but it's not really like that. And what it is, is you get cabbage, you cut it up, and then you kind of add almost whatever you want to it. It's, it's different ways to do it in different regions, do it a little bit of a different way as well. So let's find out the history. So yes, okonomiyaki is essentially a savory pancake featuring shredded cabbage, a yam and flour-based batter, pork and seafood. The origins and inspirations for today's okonomiyaki date back to the Edo period in the 16th century when it was called funoyaki and served during Buddhist ceremonies. This sweet crepe-like pancake consisted of a wheat dough rolled and toasted on a grill and then topped with miso paste and sugar. A few centuries later in the Meiji period from 1868 to 1912, Funoyaki became suko soyaki, in which the miso paste was replaced with sweet bean paste. In the 1920s and 30s, the sweet pancake, the sweet pancake, because known as yoshu kuyaki, which was topped with more sauces. This has had so many different versions. Then, in the late 1930s, a restaurant in Osaka officially named it okonomiyaki. Okonomi meaning how you like or what you like, and yaki meaning cooked over direct heat. Savory versions of okonomiyaki were created around this time, first with shallots and Worcestershire sauce. Nearby in Hiroshima, it was topped with onions, folded over, and served to children as a snack. During World War II, food resources like rice were scarce, so locals improvised with what they had. Okonomiyaki is a prime example of locals exemplifying the word okonomi, what you like, as they use wheat and added eggs, pork, and cabbage for a complete meal in on a hefty pancake. And I've had this once, and it is so good. I wish I had, like, the wherewithal to make it all the time. I'm, I'm sure if I made it more often, I can. When we um, went to DreamCon, our friend Danny took us to, uh, I guess, there version of Chinatown I'm not entirely sure but there is a grocery store and it has uh, I found an okonomiyaki like kit so I bought that and I have it back I still haven't made it and I have cabbage at home now so it's really goofy that I haven't done it but it's it's so many ingredients that that's why I'm like uh so for those who are curious some of the ingredients are one tablespoon of ketchup two teaspoons of Worcestershire sauce, half teaspoon of oyster sauce, one half teaspoon of sugar, two tablespoons of chopped bini, shoga, pickled ginger, plus more for garnish, two cups of finely shredded green cabbage, one cup of dashi stock, one large egg, one half cup of cake flour, a pinch of baking powder, two tablespoons of grated yamayo or a golden yam, which is optional, one tablespoon of vegetable oil, one half cup of chopped green onions, one third cup of tankasu tempura bits, three slices of bacon, kewpie mayonnaise for garnish, seaweed for garnish, and bonito flakes for garnish. Uh, bonito flakes. <laughs> and 
So in a small bowl, you'll whisk together the ketchup, Worcestershire, oyster, and sugar, and set that aside till needed. Squeeze the vinny shoga on a paper towel and lay the shredded cabbage in a single layer to get rid of excess moisture. And in a medium bowl, whisk together the Danish stock and egg, sift the flour and baking powder and whisk until the batter is smooth. If you're using a grated yam, whisk, in, whisk it in until combined. Then you'll heat your skillet up and uh, stir the rest of the bini shoga that you have, the green onions and the takasu in the batter until evenly distributed and then fold in the cabbage. Then you'll scoop the batter into the hot pan and spread it out in a circle. Lay the bacon strips on top, closely together, folding them as needed, and then cover with the pan and lid and cook for three minutes. Use two spatulas to carefully flip the okonomiyaki over, cover and cook for another five minutes, flip again, and leave the pan uncovered this time, letting the okonomiyaki cook for an additional two minutes. And then, yeah, you'll use those two spatulas to put it on the plate. It's a lot that goes into that recipe, which is why I haven't tried it. Um, it's shown in Rama one half when Ukiyo shows up in other anime. It's been shown in Car Captor Sakura and Sweetness and Lightning. It's really savory. It's really good. And I wish I could eat it more often, but. That sounds good. I mean, I feel like yam is definitely awesome. one of my, <laughs> like, anything with yam in it, I'm like, I trust you. you like, I'm ready. I I'm about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> now I'm fucking hungry. I'm sick of y'all. I know, right? I know. Yeah. Like, this whole thing has been making me hungry, too. And I'm like... Like, my mouth, uh, I'm drooling. <laughs> I should drool it a little bit. I am it. Oh my god! I just want to eat all the things. Same. My next dish is it's actually kind of a side dish, not necessarily like a whole meal. It's called kimchi. Kimchi refers to a traditional Korean fermented dish made of seasoned vegetables. The most Korean, uh, the most common Korean. The most common Korean banchan. Koreans eat kimchi eaten with rice along with other banchan dishes. Kimchi consists of a common ingredient cooked with other ingredients to make dishes such as kimchi stew, kimchi fried rice. Um, Japanese can also, I also enjoy kimchi as a popular side dish. Okay. Kimchi has a mainstay of Korean culture for over 2,000 years, originally created as a way of preserving vegetables that could stay fresh throughout the year in a large jar container stored outside before refrigeration. Kimchi has become a comfort food for Koreans, even in the age of refrigeration. Koreans living in Korean diaspora communities continue making kimchi and eating kimchi as an indispensable feature of Korean culture. Eating kimchi and speaking Korean are both considered essential for maintaining Korean culture. The health benefits of kimchi, for the most part, have been proven and recommended by nutritionists. 
And let's get into, I feel like there are so many different ways that you can make this. I've seen recipes where people are using like the daikon radishes. Um, and there's this one where they're using lettuce. I don't care which one. I think they're both really good. <laughs> you said lettuce, who gives a fuck? I'm gonna eat it. Ah, right. right. Like... <laughs> I mean, what does kimchi taste like? It's kimchi is like a complex flavor and not I don't feel like everybody's kimchi tastes the same. I really do think that it's kind of it's a little bit different. Some people yeah, make I've it more salty. That's been super sweet. Yeah, I've had mm. some people make it more sweet, more spicy. Right. Uh, do I care? I think I do like mine more on like evened out. Like I want it like sweet and spicy, but that's just me. It's salty because it's been pickled in brine for like about 30 minutes overnight. And then spicy because, uh, again, the chili flake powder and omami flavored so it's seasoned with fish sauce to aid in from uh, fermentation so as time goes by the deeper the kimchi flavor develops mm. so kimchi making tips based on my experience blah, blah, no not on my experience because i'm not making this brining kimchi cabbage uses the osmotic osmotic action of salt to dehydrate the cabbage and season it as an appropriate salinity through this process, the fresh smell of cabbage is removed and the growth of various germs that cause the kimchi to become soft is prevented. Furthermore, it creates an environment in which lactic acid bacteria and enzymes are easy to grow and this interaction allows them, the kimchi to ripen properly. So if you brine, if you overbrine kimchi, it can easily turn out very salty and there's nothing you can do to fix this. Also timing. Traditionally, Making kimchi has been a whole day process, particularly it involves kimjang, a traditional kimchi making activity during winter months. It could take two days to complete depending on the batch size. Anyway, if you follow this recipe, blah, 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 we're not, we're not, don't worry about that. When seasoning the pickled cabbage with the kimchi paste, make sure you're mentally portioning out the season the seasoning well from the beginning so that you don't run out of the paste until the end. Bear in mind that kimchi won't look very red immediately after being uh, seasoned. It will gradually turn redder over time during the formation process. I know that the formation process sounds kind of weird, but I, me personally, I think it, it tastes better the longer you wait. I'd agree. I mean, because I mean, like after a day, I didn't, I didn't, well, we tried, I, me and my sister made it and because I had a whole fucking shitload of radishes for some reason and I didn't like it after one day. Honestly, like I ate it two weeks later and I was good. Yeah, I need to soak up everything. Yeah. You know what? I never had kimchi before, so like never had it. I'm gonna try it. And where I don't again no anime references for kimchi. Like I couldn't find it for the life of me. But it says that you know the Japanese people do eat it. 
So that's cool. Hmm. So let's see. Okay, I'm up next. So I'm going to talk about tempura. Tempura is a popular Japanese dish in which they use either seafood, vegetables, or sushi is lightly battered and deep fried to create a light crispy coating. So you can usually get these at a Japanese steakhouse, any restaurant really, um, for tempura. The history of tempura is it was originated in Japan and let's see, but the spread of mainstream of Tokyo style tempura can be traced back to the street vendors that surrounded the fish market during the Edo period. Uh, what originated as a street food has turned into a serious Japanese cooking method that chefs spend years mastering. So well, usually the tempura is based on the tempura batter, which is made of flour, egg, and ice water, and then usually use tempura flakes. So, and of course you have the different types of tempura of tempura sushi, shrimp tempura, which is my personal favorite, um, vegetable tempura, and um, chicken tempura. So how you would make it is... You will whisk your sauce ingredients together in a bowl, whisk water and egg yolks together until well combined, sift in flour and whisk until just combined. The batter should look a little bit lumpy. Um, you want to heat your vegetable oil in a wok, dip ingredients one by one into batter and transfer immediately into the hot oil, cooking in batches and then fry until golden brown about two to three minutes per side. Tempura is the fucking bomb. I don't know if y'all had it, but it's so fucking good. I have. Yeah, it's so good. It's the bomb. And then, let's see. I didn't see where there were tempura in anime, per se. I haven't seen it at all, but it's really good, though. I give it a 10 out of 10. I do too. Also, like, I don't know if that it's a Western thing, but like, there's also like tempura, like vegetables, and I like that too. Mm. Yeah. I haven't tried it with the vegetables. I think I'm just so iffy on the vegetables, on what type of vegetables are being used. I feel oh, like Pyro. Don't be on <laughs> that. I'm like, not you having the taste of a six year old. Oh, I no. like my vegetables. Now the Eat broccoli. I love broccoli. I'm well, sorry. they have broccoli tempura. Okay, now I do that. Now I would do that. <laughs> now I talk about squash or some shit like that. I know. I've. N- I mean, I don't think squash would be a good uh vegetable to use because it'll get mushy, wouldn't it? It get mushy, and then there's no way to tell when it's time because, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, like that that just that wouldn't be that wouldn't be good at all. I think squash would be better, you know, like kind of how how they use the yam in like stewed dishes and stuff, like that would be better. Mm-hmm. So the next dish I'm going to talk about is karaoke, which trans loosely translates to croquette. And a little history behind karaoke. It started appearing in restaurants and cookbooks during the Meiji period from 1868 to 1912. While its true origin is a bit unclear, the most promising theory is that the chef who started 
Oyoshuku restaurant in Nagasaki combined his knowledge of Dutch cuisine and tempura cooking methods to come up with the recipe. And so what the croquettes are, are pretty much breaded deep fried potato cakes. Um, you can add meat to it. That's how I usually do it is with ground beef. And it's relatively easy, but it's also really time consuming. So what I usually do is buy um, pre-bought mashed potatoes from the grocery store and just heat those up and then cook them. Uh, and I'll go through the recipe really quickly. So you'd have one large rusted potato, half tablespoon of butter, half teaspoon of salt, half teaspoon of pepper, one tablespoon of vegetable oil, one fourth medium onion, one third pound lean ground beef or pork, or a mixture of both, one teaspoon of sugar, two teaspoons of soy sauce, one fourth cup of all-purpose flour, one large egg beaten well, and one cup of panko and tonkatsu sauce. And so uh, if you're gonna be using a large rusty potato, you're gonna wanna peel that, cook that, mash it up, and then you're wanting to cook your meat and put in the, obviously with the potatoes, you're gonna do the butter, salt, and pepper. And then with the meat, you're gonna wanna do the sugar, the soy sauce, and uh, cook that until it's done, drain if needed, and then stir the meat and mashed potatoes together until it's evenly distributed. And then shape the mixture into even round balls. And then you are going to want to put that in the refrigerator for about 15 minutes to solidify. So then it's easier to roll it in the egg and panko and flour mixture. And then you're going to want to deep fry that. And you can have that on its own. I've also seen it eaten as a sandwich, which I haven't tried yet. I would like to with the egg salad because I'm not an egg salad person, but maybe I'd like Japanese egg salad. Um, I usually just eat it on its own with like maybe a side of rice or a side of ramen or just a little tiny salad, like a little pile of greens. And it is so good. Um, in the in the cookbooks that I have, it references Kill the Kill. They use theirs. I think they cook theirs with salmon and also anything they can find in their house. Uh, it's also seen in... Is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? The Rolling Girls and World Trigger. Uh, I love this dish. It's just a super comfort food for me. Whenever I plan on making it probably a lot with the colder winter months creeping in. I want to mix cheese in it. I think that would be really good. Cheese go on everything at this point cheese. in my life. Cheese always hit. <laughs> I think about cheese. She gonna get the job done. No, okay. for real. I love it, cheese. It turned the dish up just a little bit, like actually, like not even a little bit, like a lot. It yeah. give it, it give it that. Oh, if there's something missing, probably throw some cheese on it, mm -hmm. and you'll be good. Cheese makes you want to bust the damn moves. Oh my God, that reminds me of this old ass parody song. Um, do y'all remember that song, Throw Some Bees on It? Oh, yeah, oh, Throw Some Cheese on, on That. Bitch. Oh, yeah. Throw Some Cheese on That. 
yeah. Oh my god. That's a throwback, bitch. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo, niggas are so unserious. Like, so <laughs> no, and it was about McDonald's, and it was like, pole boy smelling that. All the niggas want snacks. I'm like, no snacks, just bought a Big Mac. Throw some cheese on that bitch. <laughs> Big Mac, yes. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm gonna send it to y'all. <laughs> yeah, I can't watch it. Run that! Run that! I'm playing that shit at Dreamcom when we get ready to go out. I'm not even going. <laughs> so now we've got desserts. So I picked Ooh. a dessert. I got Taiyaki. Hmm. So, oh, taiyaki. I I love taiyaki. I think it's so cute. But what is taiyaki? So taiyaki is a classic Japanese snack that has been loved for over a century. Made with a batter similar to waffle or pancake batter, it is baked in a metal taiyaki pan filled with molded shapes. Often it is baked with a filling called ankos, uh, which is sweet red beans, and a custard and chocolate fillings are not uncommon. The result is a soft, fluffy, golden brown pancake with a sweet filling you'll never forget. In its most unique feature, it is in the shape of a sea bream, Thai in Japanese. Its unique shape continues to be popular even today. So before taiyaki was imagawayaki, perhaps unfamiliar but critical to our story is the taiyaki's predecessor, Imagayawaki is a circular waffle-like snack made with a very thick batter and sweet anko filling cooked in an iron skillet mold. They have a cake-like texture and a sweet anko filling. They have first appeared in the Kanada district of Tokyo during the Edo period and during 1603 to 1867, where they quickly became a popular hot snack and spread around Japan. And at the turn of the 20th century, we saw at the end of the Meiji period, a time of great modernization and change in Japan. But we also seen the evolution of taiyaki making process. A man named Seijiro Kambe was going through a rough period. His Amagawaki store was not doing well and that led him to take creative measures to develop a new and inventive shape for his Japanese snack. He eventually created the taiyaki the reason why the seabream shape was chosen has been debated since its creation was over 100 years ago. Many believe that it was to give the common people a taste of luxury. The seabream was considered one of the most valuable fish in Japan at that time, even being referred to as the king of fish. By making a snack in the shape of a rare fish, it allowed people to feel like they could easily enjoy a little bit of luxury even for a minute. Another popular theory is that the sea bream are to be lucky. They share a part of the word, ome de tai, meaning congratulations, making them a popular snack around the new year. Using a new style of mold and thinner batter than its predecessor, this new Japanese snack quickly took off in its native Kansai, Western Japan, and later in Tokyo. Newspapers quickly followed the course of this new creation among the popularity of the unique snacks skyrocketed. Following this, the new shape for the snack eventually became more popular than the standard amagawaki. Yeah, yeah, they look good. You can fill them with 
anything that you want to, right? I know it's traditionally red bean paste, but yeah, but they also just said that you know you can put custard, you can put chocolate. Yeah. Which those are the only other two flavors that I've had. I'm not uh opposed to the sweet red bean. I put with the sweet red bean. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can, it's pretty much easy. It just seems like, you know, you get the Taiyaki mold iron where you can get that on pretty much anywhere. Yeah, I got um, one saved on Amazon right now. I don't know okay. Um, and make sure you hit the, heat that batter up, put your filling inside, and then put the batter for the second half. Um, close it up together, and I mean, there you go. It's basically like making putting it in a waffle maker. Yeah. So it's popular in Japan. I believe it is ranked third in Japan as favorite ice cream flavor. Studies say so. Basically, of course, everybody knows what matcha is. But if anybody doesn't know what matcha is, it's a powdered tea, which has like a green white color and it's very popular in either using teas or like tea lattes, which is a personal favorite of mine. You can make green tea cookies. Pretty much matcha is that girl. You can put her in anything. Mochi, which is like a Japanese style ice cream. But yeah. I've never had green tea ice cream, but honestly, matcha flavored everything always hits. I've got... I've got matcha flavored brownies before Ooh, at this wow. food festival, and that was really good. Shut up. I've been wanting to make the um, matcha brownies with like white chocolate chips. I want to make Ooh, them so bad. That, mm-hmm. Now, t- she said, let's take it up a notch. I was fat ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Miss Macadamia Nut White Chocolate Chip Matcha Brownie. Mm-hmm, that sounds fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. I might have to make some and um give y'all an update. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, matcha always hits. Like you can never go wrong with matcha. I feel like it's an acquired taste to some who's never had it. Like you either like it or you don't. But me personally, obsessed. Love matcha. I, th- I think I'm getting around to it. I tried matcha. I've tried the matcha um ice cream wasn't really a fan but I also it was like store-bought from Aldi so that's probably why maybe mm-hmm. if I try it at an actual Japanese restaurant I probably like it a little bit better um but I'm working at a tea room right now and we have matcha I've been making matcha lemonade and that's fucking oh, delicious matcha lemonade is so good I like lattes too like matcha lattes hit you know what I've tried a starbucks okay so it was a tiktok (laughs) thing but hear me out so it's a matcha tea latte with oat milk right okay you put two and a half pumps of chai me personally i like to put three pumps of chai because i like chai too and then you put vanilla sweet cream cold foam at the top that shit is so good like it tastes like a it gives like cookie vibes when you drink it, but it's so good. Oh, uh, my Japanese dessert is a parfait. Parfait is a dessert that originated in France and has become highly popular in Japan. While the original French parfait was more of a custard, the iconic dessert enjoyed in Japan today is actually based on the American parfait, 
which is believed to have come into being in the late 1800s. Today, a parfait can be enjoyed in a wide variety of places from specialty shops to family restaurants, made with fresh ingredients like fruits glazed and syrups and a variety of traditional Japanese sweets layered with ice cream and freshly whipped whipped cream. The Japanese parfait has evolved into its very own modern Japanese dessert. The ingredients used are frequently seasonal from hothouse strawberries in December to Okayama peaches in June and chestnuts in the fall. Um, and the way that I've made my parfaits is for, for Sailor Moon Day, me and my friend went on a picnic. This was like at the beginning of the pandemic. So that's all what you could do was go eat outside in the grass. And you can you can either make everything yourself. I did not do that, but you get a brownie, then you layer chocolate mousse on top of that, and then maybe some ice cream and whipped cream. And then you can put bananas in there and pocky sticks and marshmallow, just any any goodie that you can think of. Just shove it in this tall glass and eat it. It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, I like parfaits of all kinds, so I'm definitely hitting that. <laughs> yeah, let me go ahead and uh, give me a parfait child. I'm hungry. I'm fucking <laughs> Oh, I forgot to say that Deku could be found eating a Taiyaki. And um, Mikey from Tokyo Avengers. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. During the festival that they all went to, yeah, I love that for them. Yeah, in the in the book, uh, this parfait that I kind of got the recipe from it was from Sailor Moon. Also, you can find this one's a really popular one too. Rama one half, Tokyo Ghoul, mm. Blend S, Zombieland Saga. Oh yeah. Okay, that's real cool. They be eating good in them shows. I know that. They really do. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I always want to try those like crepes they have. Like I've seen mm -hmm. dessert crepes, but I've also seen some with like pizza filling. I want to eat one of those. Mm -hmm. I remember there was like this place, this food court in the mall that made like these different types of like say either savory crepes or um dessert crepes and <laughs> they had this one where it was like nutella and bananas mm. mm -hmm. you know i fucked that shit up i tore that bitch up <laughs> that shit was so good i love me a good um sweet crepe so delicious yeah i've only had that once and it was like some type of like strawberry filling in it i'm not gonna lie like i like crepes but for the money that they want you to pay to eat those things like it's not as filling as i would like it to be yeah i feel you that's why it's better to make them at home yeah the way you can mm -hmm. slap as much shit on there as you want or make as many as i want because i'm like um there ain't no way i'm paying more money to eat because i'm gonna need like three yeah because they'd be like $13 and shit, don't they? Right, and they be thin as hell. And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> like, I'm a grown-ass woman with a 
wanted to share it and i'm like i am i realized that's another thing like you know it's really cute in animes where they're like oh let's share a meal blah 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 never do that with me ever <laughs> i would never want to do that with anyone ever i'm a grown woman i want my own plate it's sweet when you buy me my own plate and you buy your own plate that's real <laughs> that's real and like i don't mind if we share a little off of each other's plates but don't ever try to split a thing with me and think you being sweet unless it's like we really down bad like that mm-hmm. um, but if we got the means i feel like we should just be eating you eat yeah. yours i'll eat mine right mm-hmm. oh, this was fun that was yeah yeah i hope you all are inspired and if you try any of the dishes uh take a picture and tag us we'd love to share it yes please absolutely if you guys have any recipes let us know i want to try it Mm -hmm. (laughs) well we'll be seeing you guys next time and so happy to you know, have you guys here and as listeners, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. And that's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on all our socials. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Annabase Anime. You can even shoot us an email at AnnaBaysAnime at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. And remember to keep it sassy, messy, and weavy, just like we do. Symphon included. Bye.